Hello everyone, welcome to the Joking Dolphin Gaming Pod. I'm Mark, as always I'm joined by Matthew. Hello. And Nathan. Hey up. How are we doing lads? Yeah, yeah. not bad, thank you. Doing alright, how are you doing? I'm doing, well actually, I've not been feeling too well for the past few days. I was I was a bit touch and go, I was like whether this will go well, but I'm alright. I'm sure it will. Oh. Yeah. past few days I've been much worse. I was in absolute coughing fit yesterday. Because that would have been entertaining on the podcast, wouldn't it? That would have been great. Just you coughing your guts up for 15 minutes. Yep. Okay, shall we move on to news then? Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, well, I guess we, we, we'll probably have to start with some rather sad news that's happened recently. And that's uh, much respected actor Lance Reddick sadly passed away on the 17th of March at the age of 60. Now, people yeah. may know him from highly acclaimed shows like The Wire and the John Wick film series, but... A lot of people probably know his work from within the video games industry. That made him so prominent. And most probably know him from games like Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West, where mm-hmm. he played the character of Silence, and then Commanders of Arla in the Destiny games. And following his death, both Bungie and Gorilla released statements on him, saying that Lance Reddick was an iconic presence on the screen in Destiny and most importantly in person. His love for our community shined through in Commander Zavala. It is uncompromising dedication to his craft and out of the radiating kindness that touched those around him. To say he will be missed is a profound understatement, yet no less true. Rest in peace, Lance. Bungie. And uh, thank you, Lance Reddick, for everything you've brought to the character of Silence, for sharing your infinite talent and wisdom with us, for your generous warmth and inimitable presence, and for your profound impact, not just as part of our cast, but on our community. We were deeply honoured to work with you. You will be incredibly missed. We extend our most heartfelt condolences to his loved ones. Rest in peace, Lance. Gorilla. Now, did you see the Destiny community? What they did? Yeah, I've heard about this, yeah. So they led like a, a widespread movie tributes where players logged onto the game and then they found him at the tower. So his, his character, the Commander Zavala, is based at the tower in the game. And they're all like gathered round him, bowing to him in his honour and like emoting and things like that. And he was undoubtedly a huge fan of the media though, wasn't he? I mean, yeah. and this is actually evidenced by the fact that apparently after looking at his Destiny profile because he's got a, he plays games himself he himself had put in at least 1,400 hours into each Destiny game it's impressive wow. that's, that's incredible mm. but there is um, a bit of sweetness to this as well so um, disappointingly it seems like he, he was actually only one mission away from completing the recent Destiny Lightfall DLC that's a shame. Yeah. Uh, but he wasn't just those roles that he did. He, he was in Quantum Break. Do you remember that? On the Xbox mm-hmm. exclusive. He was in that. But then he's also bridged the gap between uh, games and films, hasn't he? And TV. Because um, he was... Well, one you probably like. He was in Castlevania, wasn't he? No. He was, yes. He uh, he played a, a character in Season 3, I believe it was. Um, captain. Yeah, well, the Captain, so... Yeah, no, I enjoyed his uh, portrayal there. Um, obviously not the only uh, video game adaptation that he would appear in. Mm. He was in the recent uh, adaptation of Resident Evil. Love action series, wasn't he? They played Arthur yeah. Wesker. Now, the Netflix one, yeah. Yeah. Now, I've not seen it myself, but I know it wasn't particularly well received in that series, but I know that when I finally do watch it, and I'm going to enjoy his part in it. Yeah, I, I think uh, it was... I think it was kind of universally agreed that he was pretty much sort of the best part of the series. Yeah. Like, he just owns the screen whenever he was on it. 
So it was just a bit of a shame that the series couldn't sort of live up to the standards. Yeah. I mean, it just had such a distinct and like unmistakable voice, though, didn't it? It's like you could it, it could make yeah. any word sound effortless cool. It's like if you asked him to say the word yes, he wouldn't just say yes. He would say in well, forgive my impersonation. I, I say this with love. He would say like yes. <laughs> wouldn't say. <I>? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's as, as if it's like pushed it back on you. Is as if he's asking you a question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just like he spoke with this like sort of authority. But you you could see he had like some a, a sense of sincerity and humour behind him. And particularly, like, if you follow him on social media, yeah, he put out some great videos. And um, But Bungie have subsequently called, come out and announced that um, there is more to come for Blands that was actually recorded for the Destiny games. So that's, oh, not, okay. the, so there's not, that's not the end of uh, everything that will be. And I'm going to presume he will be in the upcoming Horizon Forbidden West DLC, I'm guessing. I'm surprised if he wasn't, uh, the Bernie, Bernie Shores mm. DLC. Yeah, he could be. As I'm playing... Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West. That's what I know him most for. And I think to myself, without him, it'd be a lot more boring as a game Mm. without having Mm. his captivation of like how he kind of led you on a string into a certain path and what he does at the end of Forbidden West, or nearly does. I just think... You never understand his attentions ever. That's it, yeah. He's, He's just got his own... He plays by his own rules at the yeah. end of the day and all you is the, an end a means to an end for him mm. it's it's as if it's not Aloy's game <laughs> <laughs> it's silence game but yeah i just I, I enjoyed his performance so much and yeah i think without him it just i don't think it would have done as well as it actually did that it, kept, it kept me going like that was the key thing it got to a certain point in the game where it might it sometimes got a bit repetitive and then when he came into the fray a bit more. Yeah. You just, just wanted to see a bit more of him, did you? That's it, yeah. Yeah. And and then what happens at the end, um, spoiler alert, when he captures Hades at the end of um Zero Dawn, and you're like, mm. Oh my god, what's gonna happen next? Yeah. And luckily for me, I um I played Zero Dawn only a few months before Forbidden West came out, so luckily I didn't have the years yeah. that other people yeah. had to wait for that. But um but yeah, amazing for amazing career and definitely taken too soon. We'll give his give the final words to his wife, who released this statement on Lance's Twitter page. Uh, she said, Lance was taken from us far too soon. Thank you for all your overwhelming love, support and beautiful stories shared on these platforms over the last day. I see your messages and I can't begin to express how grateful I am to have them. And to the thousands of Destiny players who played in special tribute to Lance, thank you. Lance loved you as much as he loved the game. Donations may be made to moncares.org in Baltimore, his hometown. Stephanie Reddick. So, there you go. Rest in peace, Lance Reddick. Yeah, second that. So, we seemingly got a release time for Spider-Man 2. Which seemingly. Seemingly. Mm. So if, Someone's in trouble. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, we've seen a couple of tweets about this, haven't we? So... There was a tweet from Venom voice actor Tony Todd, um, and it says the PS5 game, in air quotes, looks like it's going to be released in September, with, in air quotes, again, massive publicity coming ahead of the release in August. Mm. So it looks like they're going to start pushing it in August with a view to it coming out in September, which 
I don't think it's not a vast amount of time that like a two month ad ad campaign because normally we get hyped up for it for years oh. in advance or well, months in well, advance. Unless the advert started at the beginning of August and the release is the end of September. Could be, yeah. Um, and then it was it came out saying that there might be some delays, um, but then subsequently to that we saw another tweet from the voice actor of Peter Parker, Yori Lowenthal, um, basically just to say, um, don't worry about the concerns of the delay till 2024, recently spread due to lack of marketing or word from Insomniac. So yeah, I think personally I'd be surprised if it did come out in September 2023, but I'd welcome it. Be a nice end to the year, I think. Well, I don't know, because after that initial tweet by uh, Sony Todd, I'm guessing the Sony sent the heavies round, <laughs> because that tweet got deleted. And then, he, did you see his subsequent tweet? They put no. He said, uh, no more hints about Spider-Man 2. It was all a fever dream. Blame it on jet lag. Who knows, I might not even be Venom. My lips are now underwater. <laughs> and he posted, he posted a, pic, a photograph of himself in the bath <laughs> with his mouth underwater. <laughs> That might lend credence to it, perhaps. Yeah, I think he's dead. They've killed him. <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> they pushed him under. He the didn't back. even tweet that. Oh, is it? Yeah, he wouldn't even tweet. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I think it will no, be good because like September could be realistic. I mean, they're aiming for a 2023 release, weren't they? So. Yeah, I could see it around the time. Hmm. I don't think there's anybody speculating, really, is it? It'll come out when it comes out. True, yeah. I think the only thing that's obviously a bit of a, a, a put-off is that we've not had any gameplay yet. And you would think from at least, what, we're five months away? Five, six months? Yeah, but do they have to show any gameplay? It's like... We know what we're getting. Well, we, we know we get like a little, little bit of a teaser gameplay, don't we? I think we got some from some of the first Spider-Man. You know, what, you know what we get a state of play. Obviously. So... Well, you know, I suppose I've got to save it for it'll that, don't come. they? Yeah. It'll come. It'll come. I want to be Venom. That's all I want. Well, sure. No, you get to be Miles. I don't want to be Miles. Well, I do want to be Miles. Miles is cool. But I want to be Venom as well. I want to be everybody. And we out. I just want to swing across the city in different ways. Do you know? I was just about to say, I want to swing across Gotham. <laughs> like oh well I should not well. say that <laughs> from spider to bat well moving swiftly on from that um, did anyone see the new story trailer we got for Star Wars Jedi Survivor no no tell I me more I kind of purposely right. avoided it but I, I you're purposely you're gonna, it. I suppose oh. you're going to tell me what happened anyway well, I could do well I just reading from um, an article that's uh, that come from Kotaku who have come up with um, six cool points from from the trailer that they've picked out on which I could quickly go through so cool points. okay yes so the first one uh, is that it's like Cal will be visiting Coruscant which okay. I mean if you know your Star Wars lore um, would be quite a tricky time around this period because Coruscant's pretty much um, taken over by the Empire at this point so mm. Um, how what you do on Coruscant would be quite interesting, I'm sure. Another one was that um, a 
a raider um, is a gen die they call it the species um which is apparently like a hard kill alien species i don't know i'm sure it'll relate to something to the game though you have to fire and it'll be quite difficult but then like even normal stormtroopers were a little difficult (laughs) in the first game so let's just whack out these yeah just whack on story mode that's what i'm gonna do that's what i'm gonna do (laughs) um this point's probably like would have been obvious anyway, but saying that Merrin and Grizz return, so that was the hey. um, the alien captain of the ship, wasn't it? Um, or the pilot, I should say. God, that dude was a brilliant character. That pilot, <laughs> I loved it. That pilot, he was quite <laughs> you were brilliant. And also the night sister, Merrin. So yeah, apparently they've got like new looks, and something's happened to Grizz that you'll find out in the game, but I'll not say much here. Um. There's a little bit more about a um, so you know the the character that Cal releases from the back to tank in some of the earlier trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this, um, it's kind of saying that that might have been a Jedi, but from a very old time period. Mm-hmm. So that could be quite interesting. Um, see what happens with that character and what their sort of role is. You got to see um, Siri come back. Um, although she's also got her own kind of look and apparently she's doing potentially her own thing. She might not be in the game as much as she was in the first one. Um, but we'll see. I, I enjoyed her character of the kind of struggles she was going through between sort of, you know, the light and dark. Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what she's kind of getting up to in the game. Um, and then there's a moment in the new trailer where it looks as though you might be on like a new Sith planet, which is always interesting because I, I don't think Star Wars in itself really goes into that side of side of the stuff, like learning more about the actual Sith and like the history and stuff. But the games always seem to do that. So doing something like this in the new game would be pretty interesting because we, we went to um, was it Dothamir? That was like a Sith yes, planet, was wasn't it? Yeah. So more stuff like that, just learning more about the history of the Sith and stuff would be pretty cool. And that was that was pretty much it. So the the more main points that was picked out in the uh, in the trailer. So, so when's that? Not long, is it? That is the twenty eighth of April. So pretty close. So about a month. Mm. Should be good that one. Should be good. If it's anything like the first one, which was great. A real surprise to many, I think. How good it was. Hmm. If they just get rid of certain enemy types this time round, I'll be I'll be a little bit more happy. <laughs> that will remain to be seen. We'll see. Let's let's hope we don't go back to Kashyyyk, the yeah. um, Wookiee yeah. plan. Yeah, because we know you're scared of Wookiees. Uh, yep, that's it. Yep. Shall we talk about an AI tool? Do we have to? Yes, we do. Oh, okay. It's, so Ubisoft have made an AI tool called Ghostwriter. Of course it's Ubisoft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And the idea, according to them, is that it will allow them to develop better NPC dialogue. So they say. So apparently the tool creates a, a first draft of lines, or barks, as they refer them to, mm. and then the writers can flesh them out afterwards. Now, there's two ways you could probably look at this. You can either think it's a clever tool for developers to like remove monotony of certain things, or it's laziness and a way of giving the developer an excuse to not put thought into something. Now, which side do you guys feel with that? I'm on the first side because 
personally, I've used other AI tools like ChatGPT, for example, and yeah. I think it's fantastic because you can give it an idea, it'll pad it out, and then you can then go in, um, save yourself a ton of time in the process and humanize it from there. So I think it'll save developers a lot of time and then they can spend that time doing other things to make the game better. So I'm all for it. If, and it'll give us a better experience as gamers as well. Mm. I can I can see the point there. My only worry is, will this, I'm sure it'll get developed to a point where you, you'll start to use it for just full scripts and stuff. Yeah, this is my... And, and I feel like effort. that could potentially make an you know an actual writer's job null all you need is like lead writers just to check over and i say you won't need like beginner apprentice writers coming in and learning their craft when you've just got this ai tool taking over the job basically Mm. i mean ubisoft have come out and said it's not going to replace game writers but is this a slippery slope that's the thing if this is if this is like the beginning of its usage where do we go from here i think yeah i think there needs to be it's difficult with when you've got new technologies emerging because I, I feel like i remember seeing a, a a tweet actually about something that um, adobe is doing separate from it and there was a an interesting sentence where there was like there was like when we come up with new technologies we must then have like new responsibilities and it's sort of like, you know, what this technology has a lot of potential of to take it wherever you want. But we also have to be kind of like mindful of like its usage and what its role is in, I suppose, in the gaming industry. I, I see it from Nathan's point of view. I think it's for stuff like maybe, you know, NPC dialogue. You could just come up with like anything really. Allow, allow it to do... A lot of random lines and then maybe get some writers in check over the you know the draft what okay what's what's it come out with does it fit you know our game or this npc if not how can we modify and stuff i can i can see the benefits but it's, it's it's one of those where you've also got to be you've really got to think about how will it be implemented in the future another thing with these ir tools you can feed it information so if you do have these writers feeding information into it, then it can use that in order to learn. So it can try and mimic writers. So we might get a eventually a higher level of dialogue. But again, that, that eliminates the point of the writer then. Eventually. Other, otherwise, what's the point? Do we want invest, that? What's the point in investing in it if it's not going to save money and time? So you're seeing it from a business standpoint yeah that's not surprising at all um are you human no i'm just kidding um no he's ai yeah that's it we, we already have our highest standard of podcaster <laughs> <laughs> no six of the humans no. <laughs> oh no oh, now now when your job is in <laughs> no i'm just kidding it's it's tricky it's when you got stuff like this I think everyone's got an opinion with it and some people want to protect the status quo and what's currently done because inevitably it will cost people jobs eventually, which is something that you don't like to see. 
but sometimes you have to do it for progress. Is it that progress? sounds really cold. Is it, is it, is it that, progress? Well, you'll get to a just, point then where we just have AIs creating games. Well, maybe we'll get to that point. Actually, it was interesting you brought up that uh, chat GPT or whatever it was. In the new version, somebody actually uh, created a game, a game of Pong in it. Yeah, GPT-4. Yeah. Do all sorts of that. Sorry, Slippery start. slope. Because you can get it to do things like um, write me a login page for a website in HTML, and it'll just write it out, and you can copy and paste it into a CMS. And that's just going to cut coders out completely eventually once it learns to a certain level. I think it's a worrying sign. I don't think we should be going down this road. I'm pretty sure this is how Terminator started. Yeah. Hey, we'll, just, we'll just rename it Skynet. It's not going to be a dystopia. It's going to be a utopia. We'll not have to work, and we'll just go go around on the chairs. Have you seen Wally? And there's loads of them fat people Wally. just living on that spaceship. That'll be us. We already See, are. That, or it's going to be like, it's going to be Terminator S. <laughs> I don't like either of those futures. But the thing is, I don't. I'm not a fan of procedural generation. I think that already exists, which is basically telling an AI to do something, isn't it? To create something, and time that is that in with this sort of stuff. In the end, we're not going to even bother with game developers. We might just get rid of them all. Everyone's going. Everything's going to be an algorithm, just a bunch of zeros and ones. But I think, in order to patch that stuff in, you need to have the initial idea of what you want. So I think there'll still be need for creative people in order to spark that initial. Don't you think we're just going to lose something? It could be argued that we would. But, I mean, if they do use this, and that is the case, then obviously us as gamers will have some sort of backlash to that if we find that it's not as good. But only time will tell. We can give it a try. In the end, I just don't like this. I just, I think we're going to lose a sense of identity when it comes to games. If I mean... If it stays maybe like this, but it's what it's going to become, that worries me. Mm. Well, f- yeah, because for now it's used as a crutch, not as... Yeah. It's, when does it become, like, the meat and bones of it all? Or is it already the case and the drip feeding is this information? Yeah, who, who do you think oh, made last... you've opened a can of worms now. Tim <laughs> now. <laughs> Who's thinking made Call of Duty last time? Yeah. <laughs> this sounds about right, to be fair. Chuck Captain Price and he'll rescue us, says AI. <laughs> says AI. It's an interesting point, though. So recently, I read an article from Pocket Lint about PSVR 2 games, because obviously mm-hmm. PSVR 2 came out recently, and they came up with a list of the top seven PSVR 2 games. The top seven? Yeah. So, does anyone anyone want to hazard a guess about what we've got in here so far? Go on, Matt. Yeah, you've got all the answers, Matt. <laughs> what? I don't, this is your I time to shine. About. I, I don't know. Uh, um, Horizon. We'll go out. Yes, Horizon, Horizon Call the Mountain Call the is there. Okay. Gran Turismo 7. Yep. Gran Turismo 7 is there. Job Simulator. It's not there. <gasps> Well, Sorry, Mark. Terrible. Mark, vacation What rubbish is this? Nope. No vacation oh. for you later. Oh, Mark, the rubbish I'm done with this nonsense. I'm yeah. done with this. You may have got to sell your PSVR too now. Rubbish. <laughs> uh, Resident Evil Village. Yep, that's in there. What's it? 
Okay, we're just going with AAA games, even basically. That's what that's what they're classing yeah, as. That's, pretty much it, that's what they're classing as the best. Uh, what other ones could they be? I'm trying to think. I'll I'll give you one that might not necessarily be at the top of everyone's list. It's a rhythm game called Res Infinite. Oh yeah. Oh, I've heard. Yeah, I've heard Res is a pretty good game. I mean, it's a rhythm game, so I personally not play it, but. What's your play? I'll give you another clue for this next one. Mark loves this game. Oh, I love this game. He don't what? really. But he don't really. No. Tetris. Tetris, Tetris effects. Yes. It's in there. Right, I've got two more. That, but it is really good. Two more. Ooh, this next game is... Cosmonius High. No. Uh. So this next game is it's part of a franchise that we spoke about earlier. What is in earlier in this podcast? Yep, it's a remaster. I'll put you out of misery. Star Wars, Tales from oh, the Galaxy's, Galaxy's Edge. Edge, Enhanced oh. Edition. Can I make a guess at the last one? Yeah, is it the last one? Yeah. Is it one more. Moss, Moss Booked In? No. Oh, I thought I really had that because I know a lot you know of what? people I had, I, had, I had a game of mine then and now it's just gone. Um, <laughs> you're busy talking. Souls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, is it out yet? Yeah, I don't think it's out. Is it a triple A title? Is it a big thing? Or is it something we probably don't? Yeah, you definitely know it. Definitely know it. What genre? Exploration. Exploration. Crafting. No Man's Crafting. Sky? Yes. Oh. So, no Man's Sky. That was, that was what I was trying to... I, I had it in my head earlier. And they were just... <laughs> I don't know, because I, I tried No Man's Sky VR on the first PSVR. Mm. And I really didn't like it. Mm. I better be better from the second one, though. I'm, I'm, well... It wasn't because of the graphics or anything like that. It was because I found... No, I mean, the... like, movement and stuff. Well, I don't know. Maybe it does. But it was more about the handling when you're in the spaceship. Oh, I couldn't yeah. get I couldn't get that to work at all. And I just started, like, firing myself up into space. and just <laughs> I just couldn't control myself. It was like, from the planet. It's just like, I, I, I didn't know what happened. Yeah, I better be better on. And then I just started feeling a bit queasy. So I just thought, I've had enough of this. Oh, dear. Yeah. Maybe that would be better on VR2, though. Yeah, maybe it will. I mean, the tracking will be better and all things like that, so... Yeah, worth a try. So for each of these games, they did put a put them into a certain category. Um, so for best overall, um, the Horizon called the Mountain, and the yeah, pros they put against it is gorgeous visuals, um, varied gameplay, expands on a great world, and then the cons for it was not always original. Climbing. Yeah, I've heard, it's I've climbing. Heard, I've heard, yeah, I've heard a lot of negativity about there's a lot of climbing in it. Yeah. Six-hour climbing simulator. Anyway. Best for rhythm is Res Infinite. Res Infinite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the pros for that one is funky visuals, superb eye tracking. It still holds up today, but there's the cons for that is not much new content. So. No, I'd imagine not. Best driving game. Oh, I wonder what that would be. It's No Man's Sky now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Resident Evil 7 for some reason. So it's Gran Turismo 7. Um, I was so, sure it was, <laughs> was best for driving. As Mark can probably attest to, Unreal Sense of Speed. Oh, verticality of tracks is amazing. Looks superb. And the cons, sometimes really challenging. <laughs> Which might not necessarily yeah. be a bad thing. <laughs> 
the next one is scary. So obviously this is Resident Evil Village. Um, so the pros for this one are so scary in VR, looks excellent, cranks up to 11, scariness. I can imagine one part being absolutely terrifying in VR. I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to play that part. <laughs> and then the cons for it are some movement can be headachey. So I imagine when you're running away from Lady D when she's fighting. What, what, is, what does that mean? Some movement could be headachey. I think that could be applied to any VR game. I guess any VR game will show yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's not a con as much as a con for VR in general. And then the next one, excellent remaster. I mean, obviously, there could only be one here. Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, enhanced edition. So for the pros on this one, you've got great remaster, fun shooting, meet some familiar faces. Cons, not truly new, but what did they expect? It's a remaster. Uh, the one for visuals is Tetris Effects, so it's intense to play, amazing visuals, incredible music. Now it's quite old, that was the con. And then we've got Best for Exploring, so this one's No Man's Sky. So nearly endless content, fun exploration, so many activities, but requires some guidance for the cons. So. I would agree with that, yeah. No Man's Sky is a really hard game to start if you're not, know, not knowing what you're doing. I think that's one of the things that put me off it. It didn't hold my hand as much yeah, as I needed it, it to at the start. Yeah, I think when I first started, it put me off a little bit, and then it took me about a couple of years um, to sort of get back into it, and I was playing it with my friend, and then it felt better. It, there was a lot more mm. added to it, especially at the start, giving you like a focus on what you need to be doing. So. Yeah, I think that's the game that I might pick up again at some point because I got it and, and I sold it a couple of years ago. Um, but I might pick it up again and see where it's at because they yeah. have made a lot of improvements since then. Oh, yeah. A lot of improvements. But yeah, if you're in the market for a VR, those are the best games, apparently. But I don't know. Job Simulator. Yeah, I was just going to say. Got to go. Got to go. <laughs> for a paltry £16. On the PlayStation Store. Well worth it. Right, moving on. Um, did you guys, did you guys ever play um, Lego Racer on the on the PS One? No. Ah. Oh. I think I might have played a demo for it at one point. Demo. Well, if you were in need for a new uh, Lego racing game, 2K has got your back on them. So they've announced a. Uh, a new, I suppose, partnership with Lego, and they're making a new AAA driving adventure game, which is called Lego 2K Drive. They showed off also a, a trailer for it, which seems to suggest it's sort of like a open world driving game. Um, but it's also seen, it seems to like combine quite a few different elements from different racing games. So you've got like kind of you know, you drive on land, and you can you can create essentially kind of whatever vehicle you want out of Lego blocks and stuff. And then you can also like driving the water so you can like transform into into a boat um quite similar to it was sonic and sonic oh was it the all-star racing transformers something like that mm. quite, quite similar to that interestingly enough um there again you can customize your aquatic vehicle um i think you'd also fly i'm not too sure i can't remember on that one but i actually thought it looked all right for 
for a Lego Dragon game. I was quite interested. Very colourful, definitely. Yeah, I'm just looking at the trailer now that they've got for it, and it does look quite colourful. It looks cool as the car like transforms into like the the hovercraft boat yeah. thing. Yeah, no, definitely interesting. Um, curious choice of corner in a triple A game though. Yeah, I'm gonna pick on that up on that point when he's mentioned it. Triple A. Yeah, that's that's what two K and are saying. Like, he's mm, got mm. a lot a lot to live up to if he wants to try and challenge Mario Kart. Not even that. Like, try take on Gran Turismo with this. <laughs> well, I'm thinking more kart racer. Because Gran Turismo is yeah. a simulator, so that's off on its own somewhere, in my opinion. No, anyway. well, I suppose it's because of the word AAA. I mm. associate that with stuff like Forza, not even Forza. And then Horizon's got its Hot Wheels collaboration, so there's that. Mm, yeah. So, I don't know, just, uh, just one announcement that caught my eye that I thought was uh, intriguing, to say the least. I'm going to go out on a limia and say it's going to on ps plus within a year it doesn't seem to me that it'll be a triple a game if they want that kind of money for it i think you might be right because i think it's going to be laden with microtransactions could be i mean you know new expansions and stuff if they want to add to it got to pay for each brick obviously you know the bricks <laughs> each yeah. brick i can imagine them coming out with like collaborations with like car manufacturers definitely yeah, I mean, they could even use the collabs that they've done for the building sets. Like, they've done one for Sonic and the Sega Mega Drive. They've done Nintendo ones. They've done Lord of Horizon ones as well. So you, they could dip into those franchises to build, like, a car for Aloy, for example, or something. And, like, presets. I would have agreed, but I think what puts me off there is because it's been made by 2K. It, everything has to go through kind of them rather than through Lego's permission. Hmm. so I think that would be a bit tricky I think they need to do something like that though in order to get people hooked no definitely because there's no like, face uh, of the game oh let's just wait for the WWE tie in there <laughs> yep get Lego the, brick John yeah. Cena yeah the John Cena Beetle <laughs> perfect Transformers there you go Ooh. get them in Lego blocks more than meets the eye <laughs> pretty much See, I could do the theme tune for it. Oh, we could just get an AI to do it. Yeah, that's true. There is that voice AI thing that you can like paste like songs into that AI is generated. This guy did like a Snoop Dogg one where he got AI to write a Snoop Dogg song about him not liking pickles and then he put it into this voice AI thing and it sang just like Snoop Dogg. Hilarious. But anyway, yeah, less about pickles. Games. I mean, I've I've seen plenty of videos about um, AIs mimicking uh, presidents' voices, and, like they're playing certain video games. I've seen a couple of COD ones. I've seen loads of like there's like Joe Biden and um, yeah and Trump like in in a lobby. Or Trump was cool. like Obama as well, and they they sound almost exactly like him. Like there's certain like obviously how sentences are structured and said is a bit jarring but voice wise they're like proper exact scary slippery slope slippery yeah. slope alright I'll I'll finish with the PSA about the Wii U and 3DS stores closing but by the time this yeah, comes we'll, out it's going to be too late so <laughs> <Yeah>. anyway <laughs> sauce you missed that yeah that's it 
I mean, it's just to make people aware. So, a bit of news about the Wii U and 3DS. It came out over a year ago now that they were going to be closing the storefronts um, for those consoles. And that time is now upon us. So, as of the 27th of March, um, the storefronts for those two platforms are going to be closed. So uh, Yesterday. Yep. So, you won't be able to re-download your games. So, PSA, if you're hearing this, it's already over, guys. It's already over. But off the back of this, there's been some discussion about the preservation of these games that are going to be locked off. Because in these storefronts closing, it, you won't be able to access these games readily anymore. Even games as prevalent as Pokemon X and Y, because you'll only be able to go and buy the physical editions. Now you can't go and download them on your 3DS. So I, I've, I've had a few thoughts about this. Now, I would like for Nintendo to, for these games that you can't get anywhere else, pull them to the Switch. I mean, that would be the best case scenario so that people can access them. I mean, I understand the Pokemon ones, maybe not being able to do that, but definitely some of the more obscure titles that you won't be able to play. So I thought from that side of things. But then I thought, are some things best left dead? If you're not good enough to get ported, do you deserve to go on? Which is, I don't know, fairly harsh. But if you were, if you were going to do, well, I can't, I've lost my train of thought to be honest. But basically, if the <laughs> if the game was that good, it would have been ported somewhere, and it would survive onwards in sequels because the 3DS platform is over ten years old now. The Wii U platform is getting on. Is it when did it come out? 2012, 2013. So it's a decade old at this point. And we've seen from the Wii U point of view. So we had Pikmin 3 on there. We've got Pikmin 4 coming to Switch soon. So I think the franchises that were going to go on have. Yeah. Well, you can't, you can't expect everything to be ported, though, can you? Let's be honest. That's, no, that's, just, not, that's just not possible. But it's very interesting that you bring this up because up has stepped a YouTuber, streamer, and video game personality called Gerard the Completionist Khalil, who has, over the course of a year, spent $22,791 in purchasing every single physical edition of the 3DS and Wii U games. Wow. That's mm. a lot of money. That's a lot of money. So there's a few stats here as well. So that consists of 866 Wii U games. And 1,547 3DS games, which also includes uh, DSiWare, Virtual Console, and DLC. And he used 464 eShop cards. <laughs> Plumbing, eh? The Wii U games make up 1.2 terabytes of data, and the 3DS ones are 267 gig. And I did a calculation of this as well as like, um, if you divide the total amount of spent with the games purchased, the average price per game is around nine dollars forty-five. That's because he bought 2,413 games in total. Yeah. Mm. But um, Gerard said, I will be donating these consoles and all the storage to the Video Game History Foundation in the very end so that all these games can live on. So that's it. It's done. Every available game of the Nintendo Wii U and 3DS has been saved. It costs far too much time and way too much money, but it was absolutely worth it for the sake of game preservation. So, not all heroes wear capes. Gerard, we salute you. Yeah, well done, pal. I love the Wii U. I'm glad he's done it. <laughs> but you just ain't getting rid of it often. Yeah. 
I'm a more <laughs> talk about three DS to be honest. Like, I said that Batman uh, Arkham City game that they had on the Wii U. I used to have that. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. It, there was an exclusive thing with it as well. There, there was like a version where like Batman had like the um, shot gauntlets for the Wii U, so you could like do exclusive things. I think on the gamepad to like be able to like punch a thug with your, with your shot gauntlets. But no, that's a nice thing, isn't it? Yeah. I see somebody wants to keep yeah. games alive. Yeah. And we need nice things in games nowadays. That we do. I think that's it for the news. Shall we move on to what we're currently playing? Yay! <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. I absolutely bloody knew it. Why do I bother? Matt, do you want to tell us what you're currently playing? Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, I'll go first then. So, a uh, couple of new things I've been playing um, since last time. A couple of things that have continued. Uh, so, I'll continue on um, with Yakuza 5. So, I think the last time I spoke about it, I was uh, playing Sajima with his chapters in trying to be up a man killing bear um, for this village. So, uh, went through that. Eventually slogged through it and, and got it complete. Um, it was actually a, quite an interesting uh, story that they had with this sort of one villager um, where he kind of learned that, like, he was this guy um, who was um, contracted by Yakuza to murder this, like, hunter in the, in the village. But, like, when he gets there, like, his life gets saved by him instead and, like, couldn't, couldn't go ahead with, like, the hit. So he, like he hides himself as um, in this village, basically, and takes up the name of the guy that he was meant to kill because he ends up getting murdered by this bear, and he's like he's been there for ten years trying to get revenge on this bear. <laughs> so you know, typical y- yakuza nonsense. <laughs> so I got that completed. Um, went to the um, the nearest sea, uh, which I think is Tuskimino. Um, so did some stuff there. I'm trying to blast through um, this accuser, kind of like the last two, just to sort of get some more sort of the recent ones, and, and, and I want to like, I'll probably take my time with those because I just, just want to get through the story on these ones. Not saying that like gameplay is bad or anything. I think the gameplay in this one's much improved compared to sort of three and four, just on an age level. So, um, you know, got a few twists and turns in the story, as uh, Yakuza does, and trying to be a vague, as vague as possible, just in case, like, the guys here do want to get through it, or, you know, if anyone who's listening wants to sort of get into the Yakuza series, you know, I don't want to give too much away. But you, you get to a point where you meet up with another head of a family to find out what's what's essentially been going on between them and the Tojo. Um, and then that's now led um, Sajima to go over to Kamurocho, so find out more of essentially his side of the story and what's going on. So I finished with his, his chapters. I've moved on now to playing as um, Haruka and Shin Akiyama who you might remember, he plays him in Yakuza 4. 
he was sort of like the the lawn broker in Kamarocha. But this is the first time that you actually play as um, Haruka, who is the adopted daughter of Kazuma Kiryu. So this like third chapter is essentially split into two halves. The first half you play as Haruka in the city of Sotenbori, um, which is the same city that you play in, in Yakuza Zero when you play um, Majima's chapters. So I was like, oh, this is like the first time the actual city was brought into, I suppose, the series. It's been to see what this version of Sotenbori is like. So when you play as Haruka, it's all about doing essentially what he's called dance battles. Basically, her whole story is that she she's becoming like a um, a, a princess idol, as they, as they call them. All about kind of you know singing, dancing, looks, all that kind of stuff. So you're you're essentially doing a lot of these what they call dance contests, which is basically just going through a song and hitting the right buttons at the same time. Um, so a bit like karaoke, I suppose, but dance-wise. So you go through that, you know, um, she's she's under this agency and you find out she's she's under this manager called Park um, who, within the story, is like somehow convinced Kiryu to leave the orphanage and that would be like what's best for them, Haruka and him sort of thing. So... You participate in these, what's called like the, the Princess League, where you're essentially bound against this duo and in like three rounds, and you're trying to like essentially best them. That's all. That's all from like Haruka's part and typical Yakuza fashion, twists and turns come into it. Um, you find out at some point uh, the manager Park has committed suicide, but it's under like mysterious circumstances so you're like essentially you start trying to work that part of the story and stuff once you finish her two chapters then the next two chapters are then with akiyama who is somehow like tied into this he's also in sotenbori trying to stop his um, son finance business in this city um and for one reason to another he's somehow linked to this agency, he ends up bumping into Haruka and they're both trying to work out essentially what's what's happened with this suicide mystery and effects. And like obviously like other families get involved. I think there's the Omni Alliance that's involved in it as well. And then I've then just completed their chapter. So pretty much Haruka all dancing, um Akiyama's all like normal Yakuza stuff. And now I've gone on to chapter four, which I've kind of just left there. Um, chapter four is uh, you start off with a new character now called Tatsu Shinada, um, who's like a former baseball player turned adult entertainment writer, um, which is interesting enough. Um, apparently he owes a lot of people money as well. So he's in. he starts in the city of uh, Nagoya, so it's another new city to learn um and i only just started a few things here and there so um hopefully i'll get into that at some point when i come back to it um so a couple of a couple of new games that i've played um one of 
had my eye on due to a recent um, DLC that got revealed for it. And then it it came on sale on PlayStation Store. So I was like, ooh, now I'm going to give this a go because I, I want to play something like this and see what it'd be like. Um, so I ended up buying the Power Wash Simulator. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't know what it is, um, you are essentially a contracted power wash guy brought in to do some jobs to wash things, I suppose, is the best I could describe. Um, so, I mean, one re- one reason why I bought this was because they did, they did like a, a free expansion where you can do missions in cleaning vehicles and locations in Final Fantasy VII. Um, but I've not started doing that. I thought, okay, I'll I'll get into the game gradually. We'll do the crane mode as normal, and then I'll eventually get to that point. So, like, my first mission was essentially clean the power wash van, um, and it was it was mucky as hell. And so you start off with like this kind of I suppose basic power wash um, jet water machine thing, and you've got like uh, you've got a choice of like four different nozzles. Um, so you've got like like the red one, which is essentially like uh, they call it like the zero degrees, where it's like it says most powerful, it'll wash all like the hardest stains, um, but it's not gonna pick up much over like an area. It's like essentially like a laser focus in one area, and then you go through different degree nozzles. And there's like a 15 degree one, which isn't as powerful, but you clean up a little bit more out of the area. And it goes up to like a 45 degree one, which is like the least powerful, but you'll clean the most, basically. So I think I spent about 10, 15 minutes cleaning this fan, getting all nice and clean. Um, and you can unlock like um, cleaning uh, liquids that are meant to like uh, help. You can like apply to um, certain surfaces so you know if like it's metallic you can apply it there and then you can wash it easier in in effect and stuff i've not been messing with that too much i've been keeping it quite basic with just the same power wash um so i did that and then like the next job was to clean up um clean up like the this house in effect it's like derelict house um can only clean on the outside can go in but it was like it gave you more basic um equipment to use and stuff so you can use like a, um, like a step ladder a little small step ladder thing or you can get like a full ladder to get onto like the roofs and stuff and clean so um i was just enjoying my time really i was just you know cleaning away again getting this house clean and stuff um and just enjoying it i just i don't know it's, it's quite relaxing it, it reminds me a little bit of like house flipper and that kind of like that style of just like oh, I'm just enjoying my time doing mundane tasks that I'd probably be annoyed in real life. <laughs> Welcome to my world, but yeah. So yeah, just been doing that. Uh, got to the point like each in each I suppose level you get a certain amount of things that you can you can clean up and a percentage on them and then when you clean them you you get that like an X amount of money for it. Um, and then like I think once you get to about sixty percent on a job you'll get this guy over like a text message that gives you like a basically like a new mission unlock and stuff. So I've been doing that. Um, probably the one that's took me the longest time was this like playground. Cause there was just so many different parts to it. Like you had to 
clean um, the floor, you had to clean uh, this like stegosaurus slide, you had to climb, clean this climbing frame, there was a, a, a roundabout thing, I forget what you'd call it. It's a roundabout. roundabout. There's a roundabout. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's like so much to it. Yeah. Um, so there's so much to it that you had to clean and stuff. But it, it took me a while. I was there for like a good 25, 30 minutes. Because like sometimes like uh, dirt's in like the most ridiculous places to get to. But oh, I'm enjoying my time. I unlocked um, a new machine which is a little bit more powerful. So um, that'll help me. You can lock. Um, like extended nozzles as well so like um you can clean better far away or much shorter distance um because like sometimes the like really hard to see places um like the washer gets stuck on something else that you're trying to aim at and that's not why it's clean but no i've i enjoy the time of it i think i'll get through it i want to complete all of it and then like eventually get to the DLC because there's also like the Tomb Raider stuff that I'd like to do as well. Plus there's co-op, there's online club as well. So you know, if if you guys ever get interested, I think it might be an interesting one to do. Because I think there's like this co-op specific levels as well. There's like really massive levels that like you have to do in co-op. Nice. So that'd be fun. So yeah, no, really enjoying my time on this. Admit it, have you graffitied some of the naughty? With a nozzle. <laughs> no, I did do my name. Yeah, no. I just do my name, but I'm not. I'm not Nathan. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. I'm sure that's the first thing you would try. But you've got a point. Yeah. Is it is it as satisfying as it looks? I think it is. Yeah, things? yeah. There there is certain points where like there is certain dirt patches that are just like you, you have to use like some of the lower degree nozzles on like you can't just 45 degrees your way through everything it takes forever so you know with house flipper and it tells you like you've got the mini map and it tells you like this dirt here mm. and then you go up is there something like that here where you can identify um, where the dirt is yeah there's something similar there isn't a mini map but um if you have a, if you press things right on the d-pad any dirt patches will um flash up right okay so um you can also you can you can bring out a list of like every part that needs cleaning and stuff so if you've got like a part that's like maybe like 99 percent and you're not quite sure where if you click on it and then come out of it the part will be like will just flash white so you know all right this is the part that needs to be cleaning right um okay. it also gets to a point that once once you're down to like last three parts it'll it'll come up in like a little um objective box like oh these are the three that you still need to do so it's not it's not too bad with that so yeah no absolutely enjoy the time we'd love to play more of it at some point when that point is um i'm not sure because this last game is i wonder what this is looking forward to (laughs) it beats me and all Yeah. yeah it's not something that i talk about that often on the pod really but it is something that I've been looking forward to since it got announced, or at least leaked. And we knew there was going to be here. Yeah, thanks, Capcom. Um, so. Hey, baby, you have something to look forward to. No, certainly. Certainly. Did at least avoid the spoilers for Village. Hmm. So, if it's it not quite evident already, 
I have been playing Resident Evil 4 Remake. So. And how's that going? Poorly from the, the death sequences that I've sent you. <laughs> <laughs> um, or at least the two that I've showed you anyway. No, I've, I'm enjoying my time so far. Really enjoying it. Um, I'm, I'm loving the how... Deaths. I'm loving the deaths, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? I didn't die in Chapter 1. I was quite proud of that. And then Chaps 2 was just like, no, <laughs> yeah, you idiot. Um, so not been going well since then. But no, I've, it's, it feels nostalgic, but fresh in a way. Like, I mean, it's a remake. Obviously, there's going to be like nostalgic bits of like, oh, yeah, this this falls, this bit, this goes here and blah, blah, blah. But like freshness in terms of like how how they mix up certain scenarios um to a certain extent so i'm on i just got to chapter four um basically chapter one is pretty much follows ex- almost exact from the demo um as soon as the ganados sort of go into the church and leon says his famous line of why is everyone going to bingo you kind of move on from there and so sort of like Every scenario that I've came across so since has felt similar to what I remember from the original Resident Evil 4, and yet kind of how they managed to change it up. I'm, I'm I've been enjoying so far. So in terms of like if I if I forgive like one scenario that I can give out, so by the end of chapter one, uh, you end up getting captured by the big kind of chief of the village. And um, you get locked up with um, Luis Sierra, who's the sort of Spanish uh, guy that you meet in the game that you bump into. And um, you find a way to um, escape, like he escapes. And then following from like how it would be in sort of in the original Resident Evil 4, at this point, you would then essentially meet the merchant do the stuff with him and then you'd go into this big scenario this in this like quarry uh, which is like this massive horde kind of battle that you come across find like all sorts of different um ganados and like ones that love throwing dynamite at you which is a little bit annoying but it's 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 an intense fight basically and in this one things slightly change uh to a point where like you don't go straight into the quarry. You kind of come from like a underground where you've been held. You have to like stealth your way through. You not got your gear, so you go stealth your way through, finding these kitchen knives and like you know backstabbing Ganados, and then you eventually get your gear. And then as you go to escape this like area, that this is when suddenly when you meet the merchant. So the I like how they like. They make things familiar and yet still keep things a little fresh and, and probably a little bit more sort of grounded and realistic of what would happen. Like the scenario in the quarry eventually still happens. And funnily enough, the the layout of the quarry is almost exactly the same, but you come at it almost like backwards. So like in the original game, you would come through and you're always starting sort of at the bottom and you have to work your way up your top and then sort of go through and you'd escape whereas here you kind of work from the top backwards and everything's like almost laid out exactly the same um like the um the path up to the 
right side on this cliff in the original is now on the left. So like they've almost just like taken the level and just gone woof, like just swap, like rotate it around. Um, but not everything's like that. There is new paths and stuff and compared to the original. But I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, that part was difficult though, very challenging. Um, Tell me about three deaths to finally get through. Just because like the the dynamite kept on getting me each time, <laughs> just annoying me. And then like one death, I was trying to play like chicken with this guy and a knife, and he didn't like that, so he just stabbed me. So I was trying to time the par- parries. I'm getting used to it, but I didn't time it this time. So I'm getting through there. Um, I've taken on the the first boss, the Del Del Lago in the lake, which is almost a like for like in in the original game, which is which is good. It's quite interesting how it, how that's gone on. So yeah, I'm loving my time at the moment. I like the little little changes here and there. Graphically, it looks amazing. Um, probably the best looking Resident Evil game. For sure. Yeah, just loving my time and can't wait to get back to it. Excellent. I'm glad it's everything you hoped it was. Yeah, I think I think it is. I think, you know... That's been I, a lot of praise from it, I've heard. Well, it's, it's... It's surprising how in this year we have three essentially remakes of games that have all scored over 90 on Metacritic. Hmm. So, I mean, that's impressive. Whether it says something, I don't know. That people are just dying for remakes. Or originality is dead. <laughs> but that's another debate. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward oh. to the video game awards this year for all the stuff it's that's gonna be coming out. Mm-hmm. There's going to be so much that, like, I, I don't know who I'd give it. Oh, <laughs> so, it's Legacy. No. Uh... <laughs> So. Anyway. I think I think for the video game awards, remakes should have their own category, so they can fight each other, leave the original stuff. That's fine, but they would still be in the game of the year category. So, mm. like if I if I was to predict now, I would say Resident Evil 4 would go in, Metro Prime would probably go in. I can see Zelda going into it. I can, I can actually see Hogwarts Legacy going into it as well, and then there'll be Spider-Man 2 as well. How many... I can't remember. How many do they usually announce? Is it six? six. About six, isn't it? Starfield, will that go in? Oh, God, Starfield. If it's out in time. <laughs> well, yeah. I forgot about Starfield. I guess we'll see about um, that. Is it that, um, that sequel to a, to a game that Xbox has, has got exclusive as well? Oh, God. The one that was about... Mental health, the tribe. Is it? Oh, Sender was. Yeah. Is that out this year? I don't know. I don't know much about that for a while. Well, there was the uh, GDC recently. Apparently, some of the facial tech got shown off. Looked very impressive. Apparently, it was all the facial features and all that was captured on iPhone. Oh, right. Interesting. I'll find out. I'll, I'll get an article. But. Anyway, going off track. That's what I played. What about you, Mark? Me? Okay. So, uh, I think we spoke about this. Was it the last pod? Maybe? Matt? 
Uh, but we were here forever. Yes. Yeah. Before, I can't remember. But I can't quite remember where what I told you I last did. Was it the dolls thing? Is that the last thing I said? So you had trouble with the doll thing, didn't you? When you put the doll. Yeah, I think. The, yeah, I think you've the, got past that. The pews. You'd come down on the. Um... Oh, that's it. I was in the open area. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I did the the shining the light thing. That's what I, I was think you've about. got. You've the got that, don't yes, you've that's where it. I got to. Yeah. Yes, I've done that all that now. Uh, but actually, me and my brother have now completed it. Oh, good. Oh, nice. Nice. How'd you find it? Terrific. What a great game. I loved, loved it. it. It yeah. was fantastic. Some quite challenging puzzles in there. I mm. did particularly like the uh, the diving section. That was a, a nice little... Well, to me, it, it gave me like Bioshock vibes. That bit. Oh, the one under the water? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was... And I just liked the way it just like that, that bit culminated in you randomly trying to make friends with a Kraken. I just thought that, that, was that, yeah. that just amused me. <laughs> quite out. the penultimate puzzle really did our heads in though i don't know if you remember this so yeah. that's where you're both separated on either side of a river and there's like pots floating around in the middle yeah 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 i remember that one yeah, yeah. and you have to pass items like between each other and that, you know, to, that took a while yeah really to produce like a series of like fluids don't you to put fluids in this huge and uh minerals as well to like grind and yes. coat and stuff yeah yeah now, we figured out fairly quickly what we needed to do, uh, but what really kept scuppering is was the time limit. Because you're given a time limit, aren't you? To do yeah, all no, that that was the issue that we had. We'd like we'd worked it out, but it was it was trying to communicate again the materials across on the on the little boats and stuff. Yeah. So you have to make six liquids in I don't know, is it five minutes timer? I don't know. But it, it goes it just goes like that. It really goes, yeah. yeah. Um, now I don't know which side of the river you were on, but I was on the side where you mixed the final red and green liquids. So that's the right hand side. I think that I was mach- on that side, yeah. That machine takes so long to make the thing. <laughs> yeah. It did my head in. That's, and I was just I was just true, watching yeah. time slip away and there's nothing I could do about it. It's interesting because like some, some machines did stuff quicker than others, so you had to like yeah. We got to points where like we were getting stuck, we were, like making too much of one thing, and even yes. though we needed another thing, it was like, oh. yeah. I think in total we must have spent nearly two hours on that one puzzle. I think. Two hours? I don't think we were that long. Yeah. Maybe I think, I, I think... forty-five <laughs> at least, minutes. At least, maybe. It felt, at least it felt that way. Anyway. But, uh, <laughs> but I like I remember like whacking the final ingredients in the machine, mm. and then just looking at the dial on the machine because there's dial on the machines in there. Yeah. Tell you like how long it's gonna take. And then I was like looking up at the timer and then looking back at the dial, looking back at the timer, back at the dial. <laughs> just like wanting it to hurry up. Just like get on with Please. it. <laughs> um I mean and we came like so close a number of times. And then but eventually we managed to do it. Oh, then no. the 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 final puzzle, I have to say, is probably one of the easiest in the entire game. I didn't understand why that was so easy, that final one. So that one where you're reflecting the light between those all Yeah, I think it was just like it probably just knew that like the the one previous was was probably going to be like the hardest one, yeah, or the most time consuming. So like, all right, we'll throw you a bone and we'll give <laughs> yeah. you this one. Yeah. yeah. Now I won't say what happens at the end, but what I will say is that I wasn't happy. You <laughs> weren't. You know the ending. I, you'll know what. You'll yeah, know why I, I don't like nope. it. I came away with that not happy. 
But what a wonderful series of games. I love them. Yeah, I, I hope it makes like a, a new series or if, you know, somehow it can continue it. They're just real gems. I mean, sometimes rage inducing, but always entertaining. I, I love that I found them, like, started playing them. What I also like about this is I like how it, it did a bit more focus on story. Yeah, this one is probably like the most story focused out of the four. And just sort of figuring out what was like basically what's happened and what's going on and stuff. And I loved it. But that Jester guy, he could do one. F that guy. (laughs) But time just disappears as you're playing it as well. It's like a few puzzles can take you a pretty decent length of time to figure out, can't it? Mm. I mean, compared to the the earlier games, but it can feel a bit of a short affair. Yeah, but, certainly. Like, definitely the first one was yeah. uh, was pretty short, but they're just really well designed, and uh, they kind of make you feel clever when you manage to solve it as well. <laughs> just, just give me more of them, please. But yeah, that's that's we were here forever. Right, okay. So in preparation for watching the new film, I rewatched all the previous uh, John Wick films, and that okay. inspired me to play John Wick Hex. And I've heard of this. Um, is this similar to? I want to say like there was like a mobile game that did something like this, like maybe like Hitman. Sort of. So right. So okay. So basically, the plot revolves around a character called Hex, who's played by the man of a thousand games, Troy Baker, who, in an act of a rebellion against the high table, has kidnapped both the manager Winston and the concierge Sharon from the New York Continental Hotel, as depicted in the films if you've seen them. Um, those two characters are actually voiced by the reactors from the film. So you have Ian McShane, who plays oh, the role as Winston, and Sharon, voiced by a sadly dearly departed Lance Reddick. Yeah. Mm. So it's a, it's a tactical role-playing game where you play as Jumpwick, and you are dispatched to infiltrate various gang hideouts in order to try and find and rescue the pair of them. Mm. And like, movement is based on like a tile grid format so imagine something like XCOM mm. that kind of thing and you select tiles on the floors to move and then you can like move out into the open go behind cover that kind of thing and when you play you've got they've got the uh, the fog of a war in effect so basically you can't see the full layout of everything ahead of you you've got to like move forward you're able to see things mm. and then when you spot an enemy time stops briefly and you're given like a variety of options on a menu so you can, like, shoot, obviously. Um, and it gives you, like, a, a percentage of, like, critical hits and things like that. You can obviously do stuff like reload, uh, change your stance. It's, like, useful for sneaking up on somebody. Uh, you pick up a weapon, and there's one by you. And another option called refocus. Now, this is where my problems began to start. I couldn't oh. understand this. I couldn't understand this focus thing. Now, in order to do certain moves, you have to have this focus, right? And basically, after you make a decision, obviously, the, the enemy does something as well. Yeah. So I went through this first alleyway, okay, in the beginning, and I dispatched a few enemies pretty decently, I thought, with some like, nice karate chops and all that. Um, I managed to smoke a couple of people with gun as well. And then I went into the second area, and that's where it all went belly up. So... This is where the focus thing just completely baffled me. So I went out, spotted an enemy who had also seen me, right? But I, it gave me no option to shoot it. Uh, so I was just a bit confused. So I chose this refocus option. And I, 
I had bullets in my gun, so it was the only logical choice, I thought. Right. And then the enemy takes his turn and shoots me. Because of course he did. I thought, okay, I've refocused now. Surely I can shoot him back. No, 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 no. Still no option. And now I haven't got a clue what to do. So now two of his mates show up. And all three of them are just standing there, right? And I just do this refocus thing in in some vague hope that it might do something. But nothing, of course. And then all three of them just gun me down. <laughs> and then that's it, game over. And I read that you're supposed to be able to, like, chain moves together somehow. But I just couldn't get it. And I don't think the game did a very good job of explaining its mechanics to you. And it felt like a bit of a chore, if I'm honest. And it's a shame because I absolutely love the John Wick films. But I think I just would have preferred a like a faster paced game or something like that. Not some turn based combat thing. I don't think it works. Maybe something in the mold of say like Sifu or Super Hot. I think that would have been pretty good for a John Wick style game. Mm. But yeah. Bit of a shame. I just wanted a bit more from that. Because I quite like uh, Mike Bithel because he was the developer of it. And uh, yeah. Bizarre about that one. But, hey can't have anything. But I did play one other thing. and uh, So with the sixth instalment coming up in a couple of months, and it's been an awful long time since I played the last game in this genre, I decided to jump on Street Fighter V. Nice. So, we all, so we all know Street Fighter, so larger-than-life characters beat the living crap out of each other for our lives. Um, now, I've not played... I've not really played a Street Fighter game probably since like Street Fighter Two. Really, like it is. I might have, I might have dabbled like, like in an arcade club or something. You know, I've gone and played a random one. Um, so I'm so used to like the 2D side scrolling and just seeing it in 3D now, just seems a bit alien to me. Um, <laughs> so I went into the uh, character story mode. That's what you get. Yeah. So yeah. So here you play through a series of short stories of 16 characters, and you have like an anime cartoon of a, of the story, like for each of them and these are interspersed with like three or four fights that hold them together and you could probably you could probably do each one in like 10 minutes or so they're not very long and they're just quite nice little bite-sized chunks into the street fighter lore which was interesting for me because you know i've never really learned about this stuff previously um but it did feel stupidly easy this mode i don't know when you if you you've played it matt but I don't really, I, I don't understand why it was so um, easy. There, was yeah. the, there wasn't a difficulty option for that mode. No, I think if I recall, when Street Fighter Five kind of got released, it started with these like little kind of short stories for each character. And then I think as yeah. kind of time went on, they did eventually release um, a proper, I suppose, yes. story was- mode. I think yes, there's a shadow. Falls, I share, something like that. Yeah. What it's called, but you have to download it separately. I did notice that. Yeah, um, it's it's not like old school arcade mode where you pick one character, go through like all the other characters, and then get to the final boss. <laughs> but it was, it was weird play play through this because I I did feel a sort of disconnect between my input and what was happening on screen. How do you mean? Well, basically, it was it was like the game was going. All right, we know you're rubbish at fighting games, but we'll make you look cool, and it did. Okay. But I was doing like all sorts of special moves and other stuff that I had absolutely no right that I was to be able to achieve. I'm not that good. <laughs> I was button mashing, and yet it was doing all these fancy stuff. 
yeah. But but you mentioned arcade mode, so I did go on to that. Mm. So this is the you know the standard mode where you travel and try and defeat a series of opponents in a streak, basically. Um, and you go through ten bouts. Now this is where the game did start to irritate me a bit. Ooh, okay. So firstly, far too much content is locked with season passes and stuff like that. The character count here is pitiful. So you got these 16 characters that I just mentioned, mm. but I counted 29 characters that are locked behind paywall, which is pretty pathetic, I have to say. And then every time you start a fight, the game throws up an advert for Street Fighter 6. It's like, what? That happens. I don't know. Yeah. But what the real kicker is, is that in that mode, the game will then pit you against fighters that you are not allowed to play as. Now, I know you can get these characters through like the in-game store, but the grind for that is just utterly insane. Yeah. I mean, it's like 100,000 for a character. 100,000, whatever the currency is. Yeah. Fs. It begins with F, I don't know. But with that all being said, uh, I did have some fun overall with it, with, well, with the little that was on offer. But that sort of stuff is getting out of hand with the the grind. It's too much, man, too much. But oh, speaking of hands, actually, why do the characters have massive hands? I don't know if you notice this. They just have weirdly massive hands. I noticed it especially with Chun-Li, when she had, like, she's got, like, massive slappers. I mean, I don't, it's very weird. Yeah, but, it's not the only oh, thing that's massive on Chun-Li. Well, speaking of which, other huge things, the character model of Rainbow Mika and her assets in that costume. Ah, that's yes. not very PG, is it? Cover your eyes, kids. It's not for Chun-Li. Oh, you know, <laughs> just pretend it's like the attitude era. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway. Well, that's my experience of Street Fighter V. I'll probably get six. Well, actually, no, I'll, I've got to see what the microtransaction things will be, I guess. Well, it'll have a it's gonna be bad. single player it's gonna mode. Be bad, it? It's going to be bad, let's be honest. Yeah, you'll be you'll be calling for Street Fighter Five back when you see what they're going to do with Six, probably. Uh, yeah. Well, that's what I've been calling to be playing. Go on, Nath, you played. Yeah, so first of all, I finally completed Yakuza Like a Dragon. Ooh. At last. That, that, and that's been about a year in the yeah. making. It's really yeah. hard to be able to catch you up there. Yeah. Tough shizzles. I got there. Not without a, quite a lot of grinding, though. I didn't buy any I more level ups. Paying. No, no, no. <laughs> you didn't buy any more. Yeah. Yeah, you, you had to buy them just, just to spend get... any more money on it. Um, but I, had a, I don't want to go too much into this story because I know that Matt will probably play it at some point, but I just want to go through a couple of the couple of experiences that I had with it, that's all. I like how you're saying that I probably won't get around to playing it now. Oh, because I, I, I got oh, around I to will, all the other I will eventually. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, firstly, unbeknown to me, this person came into the fold called Kiryu, and I didn't know who the hell this guy was. But apparently, he's the protagonist of all nobody? the other who, Yakuza who's this, games. Who's this guy who's the face of the entire franchise? But funnily enough, they treat it as like a secret. So within um, like, a, like a Dragon, you didn't know who he was. And they were keeping it a secret from you. So I wonder if, because like they that. did this like spin-off with Ichiban instead of Kiryu, maybe 
they played into that a bit, maybe for the newer players like myself and anyone yeah. else, anybody else that's just coming into it because of the changing game style. But I thought that was quite nice. Like, and I felt it was quite a unique experience to me, but I imagine lots of people had the same experience. But I thought it was nice in a way to kind of keep that back, but it'd be a nod to the previous fans as well, in a way. Um, and yeah. at one point, Ichiban and Kiryu end up fighting each other. And it was blooming difficult to take him down. It would be. The legends, <laughs> legendary dragon of Dojima. Yeah, that's it. But, um, yeah, I managed. I think he was like the second most difficult boss we had to fight. Because he helps you partway through the game with some information about the antagonist that you tried to take down. Um, but anyway, I thought that was just like a, a cool, cool bit in there. And I was hanging on by a thread. I was like using as many resources as I could to just stay alive. Because <laughs> as you play, if, if Ichiban dies, then it's over. So you've got to make sure he can stay alive. The rest sure. of the party is able to be knocked out. But you've just got to make sure Ichiban stays alive. Otherwise, it's over. Anyway, I get to near the end of the game. And I get to fight, I fight this boss called Tendo. And he has an insta-kill move. But before that, you have to fight your way up this tower. And it must, I think it takes about 40 minutes. But when you get to fight Tendo, if he kills you, there's no save points. So if you need to go back and grind again, you have to do all that bit again and get to Tendo. And I had to do that twice. Well, three times all in. Because I got killed the first time. And I'm like, right, I am severely underleveled for this. So I had to go and grind in the sewers, killing hobos. Well, not killing, knocking them out. Because um, you could like, you could farm so much XP from beating these hobos up. It was fantastic. And eventually I, I managed to level up to about level 70. Tried again, got knocked out with the insta-kill move. And then what I had to change my job back to being a hero in air quotes. Because in this game, you can switch jobs and jobs have an effect on your stats and the moves that you can do. You can do that with Ichiban and your other party members as well. And when I switched back to a hero, it gave me this move that I could use to tank the insta-kill hit. So I'm like, right, we've made this change. We've done the grinding. We've got a chance. So back at the tower again, and I managed to do it. And Tendo's only the second to last boss. And so I'm thinking, oh, blooming neck, I got through this by the skin of my teeth. What's the big boss going to be like? And a bit like what you experienced, Mark, it was easy. I don't know why. The second to last one was horrible. Honestly, it took me about 45 minutes to kind of whittle his health down. Anyway, killed the final boss easily. Whatever happens at the end of the story happens. And then the credits come up. And at this point, I think, I'm not going to lie, I fell asleep again. And then I missed the, <laughs> the post-credit cutscene that's about 15 minutes that ties most of the stuff together. Um, so I tried to find it on YouTube. Sure. Well, that's what I did the next day. I had to go and find it on YouTube because I booted the game back up again thinking, oh, you'll be able to go into the cinematic mode and watch it again. Yep, there's none of that. So... <laughs> Yeah, everyone, if you're going to play Yakuza Like a Dragon, just stay awake for the cutscenes because they're quite pivotal. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
honestly really enjoyed it so much loved it loved it so much that i ended up buying yakuza kuwami yakuza 6 the remaster collection kuwami 2 ishin yakuza 0 oh my goodness and the judgment games So no, I, mean, I am going yeah. headfirst into this thing. Now you just need to find oh, time. Wait. Exactly. That's where are you going now? I was thinking I'll start with Yakuza Zero because it's like the lowest number, and then go from there. Your logic's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was thinking, I I, I was thinking so. either Zero or Kuami to start. It's not Zero. I would go with Zero. You think, right, I'll do that. That's going to the top of the pile. There we go. Done. I'll start with that. <laughs> so, yeah. Or but, do do the reverse of me and now go into the lost judgment and the <laughs> <laughs> then go judgment. all the way downwards. Yeah. Zero's going to be backwards. the last one. <laughs> we talk about these Yakuza games like it's like people say, oh, which order are you supposed to watch the Star Wars films? <laughs> which order to play the Yakuza games? What do you do? Oh, Yakuza. Yeah. But I, I just love the world so much. It's so wacky. It's it's fantastic. And I just didn't want to leave. So I'm like, right, I'm going to buy all the games. And in reality, there's probably about 400 hours worth of game here. <laughs> At least. Could be, yeah. But I'm here for it. I'd, I would advise probably, like, play a couple or one and then just, like, take a break for a bit. Because I, yeah. I think I... I mean, I went through zero. I went through zero. I went through Kiwami, and I went through Kiwami two. And I think once I hit three, fatigue was starting to hit. But it might be just because three is the oldest um, engine. Oh, it's it's the most dated game. Yeah. So like that one, I just wanted to blitz through as quick as possible. Same as four. It it took me it took me a while to sort of come back to it, but. I'm eventually gonna get through it. Like I'll I'll get through five probably once um once I've finished Resident Evil. Yeah. And then you can move on to six and then like a dragon. Initiate eventually. I want to play through them all, but I don't want to. I'd be like, I'd I I want to plow through the story, but I'm just like I just know I'll get sidetracked. With all the <laughs> it stuff is, like, just that's what I saw that though, isn't it? Yeah. And then I'll just get involved, and then I'll spend absolutely massive amount of hours doing it. Yeah. So I know, I know it's going to literally take me until retirement to get through all those games. I just know it will. I'm telling you, I will, I will never over. try to plan many of them because they take yeah. so long. Yeah. I'd just, too much effort. Maybe one day. Maybe when you've retired, Matt. If I retired and then like I can still go back to them, um, maybe. But... <laughs> it's a big undertaking, though, isn't it? Yeah. Do you anyway. say the more recent games are easier to platform? Although I've heard, like Dragon is actually quite difficult because there's um there's a challenge in there. Millennium Tower, is it? Oh yeah, that's the post-game stuff. So once you finish the main game, game yeah. you've got to do the, do the Millennium Tower, and there's some really difficult. Yeah, you have to go. You have to go through like forty floors or something like that of challenges. Um, no, <laughs> I've not. I've not even. I've not even started it. Yeah, like I barely scraped through the main game. Never mind that. So, mm. yeah. 
maybe one day, but I'm not ready for that yet. I'll kill some more hobos before I challenge that thing. Poor hobos. Do you know what? I was just about to say they, like deser- the most, they like, deserve mis- to die. Mistreated <laughs> people in the Yakuza. <laughs> yeah, but they give you tons of XP, so it's fine. The ends mm-hmm. justify the means. But uh, yeah. Right. Anyway, swiftly moving on from that, the next game that I've been playing is Gran Turismo Seven. Oh. So. I bought this game purely to play on VR, but I've not even played it in VR yet. I've just been getting into the the normal game mode. Yeah, and, yes, it's fair play. And I've been loving it. I don't know if now I'm getting older, my tastes have changed, but I used to really dislike simulation driving games, but I really like this one. It's Maybe it's because ever since you passed your test, it just feels... Oh no, I'm still smashing into people. I think it's because oh, I, 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 think I, <laughs> I just weren't very good at them when I was younger. Whereas mm. now I'm just a bit better. Yeah, this does make you feel like you're actually getting somewhere. I have put it on easy though, so it breaks for me and stuff like that. So I don't even feel like I'm really doing much because I can just hold it. It accelerates for me, it turns for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an autopilot mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do like the little cafe challenges because that keeps you involved. Like you think, oh, just one more challenge, you get like yeah, another the set of cars. It's a nice little bite-sized. I mean, yeah, that's the thing for me. Is I noticed that it gave you quite a few cars, which yeah. I don't remember back in the old ones. I yeah. don't think it, I don't think it was that kind to us. Probably not. No, but I do, I do like the like the shop that they've got because it looks a bit like Auto Trader, like looking through these used cars and you're like, oh, I'll grab that one for 50,000 credits or whatever. But um, I did early on spend a little bit of money on credits just so I could afford the particular car that I wanted. Oh, yeah. This guy. That's it. Using the cheat codes. (laughs) Well, money code. The cheat code is called (laughs) my bank account. Yeah. So you say, oh, you didn't spend any more on like a dragon but no. well, like you spent yeah yeah and justify after that yeah it's uh, it's good though I'm, i've done a couple of the licenses as well um mm. so i think i've got maybe international b um i've got stuck on that not not international b yeah but i've got stuck on the super license ah right um but one thing i do enjoy is you've probably noticed this mark but after you've done a particular bit it tells you how your friends list have done yes so sometimes i've done a bit better than you mark and i've been like suck it mark and even even though you don't know that i'm challenging you yeah. <laughs> it, it means something it, to mark. me it's all right because right, i've noticed a friend of mine who's also on it and it's like i finished brown about it, I, just, I just don't care <laughs> I, i've completed the challenge that's all i care about so. yeah to be honest oh. i'd say there is I'll, I'll level with you. There's been some times where I've been a few milliseconds behind you and I've given it another go just, just so I can <laughs> really get no some point. sort of cracking mites. And then you don't give a crap. Yeah. Now I feel yeah. bad. Oh, that's, <laughs> I, I, all this time. I would be like that with um, with my brother on trials. Yeah. I wanted to be his ghost. Like, right, I'm going to have another go. I'm going to, I've got to go for, like, find a way to like, shave like, a couple milliseconds just to beat him. Yeah. And then I would text him and be like, right, now be me. <laughs> I do I do like the license challenges though because there's ten challenges and you get a car at the end which is nice. I've, yeah. I'm never going to get gold, so if yeah, I can get that bronze, then yeah. I'm happy with that. Um, 
But I do, I do like the variety, like the different cars you can have, because for every race, you've got to have a particular car. It's got to have a particular like drivetrain, be from a certain location. Um, and as Mark said, that it, they do, do gift you a ton of cars. So there's really not too much point in buying them unless you want to. Unless, well, that's it, yeah. Unless it's something that you really want. And then you can upgrade it from there, really. And in terms of the upgrades, I think like you, I've just used like the stock parts to upgrade my car. And I found that the cheapest, most, well, the most cost-effective way to boost your performance is just to get better wheels. That seems to just go such a long way. Um, Rather than pumping money into like a lighter body and all these other things, just get better wheels. Yeah, that does the job. Um, In terms of locations, because... There's three main areas, so you could do Asia, Europe, and America. So that's where the tracks are. Um, I do like Japan because you're kind of racing on the Japanese highway. Um, that's I a think, good track, that. Yeah, that's a really yeah. good track, that. I like that one. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, and they all have their own, like, quirks and things to them. And the scenery looks nice as well. I'll find myself sometimes on a race and... I won't even be concentrating on the track, obviously, because it's so easy for me, because I can just put my finger down and not have to worry. I can look at the scenery around me as I'm racing. It's great. So, wait until you try VR. Oh, blooming heck. <laughs> <laughs> I have actually installed it on the other PS5, so I can go and try it. Um, so that's what I'm going to do. Probably tomorrow. I'll give it a go tomorrow, see how I get on. But... The other PS5? Yeah. <laughs> the games room. <laughs> um so (laughs) yeah Yeah, i've been having a good time with that i think i've spent about 10 hours on it so far which is more than i thought i would it's it's yeah it's quite addicting so um it's it's a it's a nice game i'm glad i bought it so yeah um the next game that i played i won't speak much about this because it did not pass the hour test oh marvel's avengers oh Okay. Now, I enjoyed the first 15, 20 minutes. So you're playing as Kamala, and she's going around finding the comic books. I've probably just butchered her name. Yeah, Kamala. Kamala, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Kamala. <laughs> Kamala. <laughs> um, finding those comic books. Now, that was the best bit for me, just going around, doing these little... Um, little games and challenges to get the comic books to get into the vip section because it's avengers day when it starts yeah. and as you go around you meet some of the avengers like thor he was quite funny being all uppity like he is and um you meet captain america as well don't you as you go around yeah yeah, um, and then it gets to the point where the golden gate bridge has been attacked and you as the Avengers have to go and save the day because there's these people with these guns. Um, and you basically cycle through each of the Avengers and you learn their mechanics. And at the end of that, it was still installing, so I couldn't get back into the story. So I had to wait. And then when I got back into it again, I don't know, there was some sort of disconnect for me at that point. And I, I found the combat quite boring. I, I, I just, it didn't really grasp me, to be honest. And I did some training exercises with um, Tony Stark, my man, 
Um, so I went into that room um, that had been created. I did some training exercises and I walked out and I just said to myself, I'm not really enjoying this, to be honest. I mean, maybe if I put some more time into it, it might get better, but I don't know. It just seems hollow. It does seem to like throw real cinematic at you at the start. And then it mm. just sort of tail off after that. I still, I still think if you put put the work into it, you still get some enjoyment for the story. Mm. But I can understand why you might feel that way. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't really enjoy being Captain America. I think he was like the for me the weakest character. I enjoyed being Iron Man. That was pretty cool. Hulk, obviously, jumping around. Um, I think you do the boss fight as Black Widow. That was pretty. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah shooting people um but yeah i don't know it just it's it just seems to have something missing and i i I can't quite put my finger on it it just seems a bit soulless but yeah hey at least i downloaded a load of free stuff though because there were like loads of skin packs and stuff you could get for free so like right (laughs) straight in there get get into marketplace um so install it just for them yeah, get the. I got it on PS4, but it's free upgrade on PS5, so I played yeah. the PS5 version. And to be fair, it did look good in, in terms of graphically, and it ran well. But yeah, it's just not my cup of tea, I don't think. But anyway, can't like everything, can we? Nope, indeed we can't. Yeah. Um, now I don't want to um, end this on a sour note, but you're gonna. <laughs> But I'm good. Yeah. So okay. I bought I bought a Philips CDI, an ill-fated console from the early to mid nineties, and with that I bought a couple of Zelda games. <laughs> yeah, I bought them both. I bought Link: The Faces of Evil, and it was the Faces of Evil when you see them cinematic. Well, not even cinematic. Those hand-drawn cutscenes, if you could even call them that. And Zelda, the Wand of Gamelon. Yeah. I, 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 I just... It's just terrible. What possession did you even begin with? Do you know what? I've been looking at getting a CDI, CDI for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I decided to get it, and... The best game that I've played so far is Tetris. But anyway, on to Zelda. So but one thing actually about the Wand of Gamelon is you can play Zelda rather than Link. So that's pretty cool. So it gives Zelda a bit of shine. Um, but the gameplay itself, it's basically, it's a side-scrolling platformer where enemies come at you, you've got to defeat them. Yeah. But where it kind of falls away is if it's like multi leveled or faceted so when if you got to kind of like jump onto another platform you can't actually you can't actually jump you've got to kind of walk onto it so that you can't actually move from one platform to another easily mm. it's it's very strange and to jump you can't click a button you've got to click up and when you jump you can't attack at the same time so it's really it's difficult to control mm-hmm. and i'm not very good at it <laughs> as well i mean that might not help at all but 
I don't know if I would say you're not good at it. Maybe it's just very bad controls. <laughs> it, it, it could be. Because I'll find myself walking. And because to get into like a room, you need to click up. But something might come to you and you kind of try and jump over it. But you'll end up going into this room full of enemies. <laughs> and end up getting the crap kicked out of you. So, and also you you don't readily know how much health you've got. So you have to go into like this pause menu in order to see how many hearts you've got left. But yeah, it's it's an experience. Not not a very good one for the money, but at least at least I can say that I've seen meme link now in the flesh. Meme link. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. Don't 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 do it, Matt. Don't do it. I, I ain't got the money to buy a Philips CDI, so don't worry about it. Actually, I, I say I've played Tetris and enjoyed that. Tetris, it is a good game, Tetris, because um, what makes it different from other Tetris games is it's got like a a back, a, like a back like wallpaper of like a creek running or something like really therapeutic. It's got nice music. Um, not like the normal Tetris music, even though that is a pretty good tune. It's got like other songs there, so it's quite relaxing. Um, other than that, I've played Compton's Interactive Encyclopedia. <laughs> so just a bit of background about the CDI. It was never made just to be for video games. It was made to be like a computer for your living room. So there was loads of like educational stuff made for it. So basically, there's this game, and you basically just watch videos about different subjects, like volcanoes, World War Two, whales, and the, these clips can be anything from three seconds long to about 30 seconds long, and you can just cycle through them. And I just thought, this is great, because this is what I would have watched at school in the early to mid-90s. So yeah, just a bit of, blast, bit of a blast from the past there. Yeah, that reminds me of uh, Encarta. Mm. That reminds me of. But yeah, educational. Mm. Um, and I've got like a ton of other games for it as well because I ended up buying a few game bundles, so get to them eventually. I've not got any of the mucky games that you can get for it though. <laughs> mucky games. <laughs> <laughs> Lies, I don't believe you for a second. Because these are all... first, first in the basket. <laughs> Well, there are certain games where there's a picture of a certain actress and you can remove squares to reveal said actress. And that's the entire game. Oh, OK. But I got that one. It is being watched on the eBay list. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Watch this in the basket as we speak. Yeah. Bye now. <laughs> Bye now. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Take my money. I'll pay 45 quid for it. <laughs> I think I, I bought it as more of a curiosity, to be honest. Oh, sure. Sure. <laughs> you were, yeah. You were curious. <laughs> oh, dear me. But yeah, I'll, I'll play more of it and see how I get on. I might, I, I've got to go back to Zelda, the Wand of Gamelon, and just see if I can get any further on it. I've got to give it another chance. No, you don't. <laughs> no, don't. 
I might bring it. I might bring the CDI to work at some point, Matt, so you can experience it. See if you get on any better. I don't know how Marvel Avengers didn't pass the hour mark. This should have like lasted the five minute mark. Oh, it didn't last the five minute mark. I switched it off after about four. Oh god. <laughs> then I went. Oh yeah. Then I went to play. Is it Tropic? Avengers? No, it's not Tropic <laughs> Thunder. What was that game with Hulk Hogan uh, that I sent you a picture of? Uh, oh, was it Thundering, it Thundering Paradise? Thundering that's... Paradise. That's it. Yeah, that's pretty interesting because. When you play that, you get an option to watch the episodes or you can play the interactive game or you can just play the game stuff. And the game stuff consists of you on a speedboat shooting down planes. And if you don't do it, Hulk Hogan comes upon a splash screen and says, kid, this is not a game. <laughs> get back to it. All right. Oh, how better. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, Thanks, Hulk. It's a game. And then there's other points where it's basically an on-rail shooter, um, like House of the Dead, for example, but obviously it's way worse than House of the Dead, uh, where you have to go through these environments shooting people. So, yeah, that was something a bit different. But, yeah, you'll find a lot of the games of the CDI are kind of interactive. Terrible? Interactive, <laughs> yes. terrible. Interactive, terrible, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just interactive videos, basically. So, yeah. There is a Flintstones Jetsons game that I want for it that looks quite interesting. What, yeah. crossover? Yeah, looks quite funny. Yeah, it's when um, I think the Jetsons go back in time, the Flintstones go forward in time. So oh. there's kind of like a bit of a crossover there between. So now they're in the boring modern times. Well, Flintstones goes to the future, Jetsons goes to the past, and then it just evolved yeah. from there. <laughs> just looking to think about it. So it's basically the Jetsons in Flintstones. World. They switch times, basically. Yeah. Oh, so the Jetsons are yeah. in the see, historic era. I see. I see. Yeah. They don't come to our time. Yeah. yeah. That's they don't the thing. I thought, I thought you meant they just met in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> It's like now they're just well, it's the boring rubbish that we live in now. Flint sells in Sheffield. Yeah. Oh, that'd be wicked. Fair Flint sell in Corp. Barney on tram. <laughs> There's enough Barney's on tram anyway. Mm. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, yeah. That that's what I've been playing. Some good and some bad. Yeah, indeed. So if you enjoyed listening to us, please consider tuning in next time. We release bi-weekly on Tuesdays. You can visit our website at jokingdolphin.com where we post the Hall of Fame. Also, feel free to follow us on all social media platforms to continue the conversation. You can find Joking Dolphin on YouTube and Facebook, as well as on Instagram and Twitter at Joking Dolphin. Until next time, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Ta-ra. Good a bit.